Coming up on this episode of Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz, we are taking a good look at Social Security. What's new with Social Security in 2024? We're going to share some key things that you need to know, some updates that you need to be aware of, and then Ryan will share his thoughts on what this means from a planning perspective. That's all coming up. When it comes to financial planning, you need to cut through the jargon so that you can understand how to achieve your own retirement success. This is Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz of Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions. Well, glad to have you on Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz. I'm Ben George. He, of course, is Ryan Kravitz at Kravitz Financial in Orange, California. Ryan, what's going on today? Well, I'm I'm cold, Ben. Come <laughs> cold. on, it's uh, well, yeah, you know, it's under sixty degrees over here. <laughs> I know part of the country is getting hammered by, um, you know, snow, and I, I think there's a football game, a playoff game, potentially could be the coldest ever played in Kansas City. But um, you guys are in the fifties, huh? Yeah, I, I'll have to watch that game on TV. I think yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it was – well, actually, it dropped a little lower overnight. But, yeah, during the day here, it's been like in the 50s and maybe gets into the 60s the last few days, which is, I know, nothing compared to, <laughs> to a lot of parts of the country. But I don't do well in cold. I never have. And that's why you live in Southern California, right, to avoid yeah, that? Absolutely true, yeah. <laughs> Well, we got a great show for you today, an important show. I know our last episode, we talked about a number of things that were new and some updates from a retirement planning perspective for 2024. We wanted to go a little deeper this episode and really get into Social Security and some Medicare as well to make sure you're just kind of up to date on what's new with Social Security this year, what you need to be aware of, what changes might impact you for the next year. And then, of course, Ryan will share some of his thoughts on everything and, and what it could mean for you. So if you have questions, again, as we go through this and want to follow up and, and really sit down and, and go through Social Security with Ryan, the best place to start is KravitzFinancial.com, or you can call 714-462-9155. And, and Ryan, this is a great subject, right, because Social Security is so important for just about everyone heading into retirement, and you really want to stay on top of it. Absolutely. It's so important to know how this works. You know, with Social Security, as we'll talk about here, it's it's a tax advantage uh, income stream that'll continue on for the rest of your life. So you want to make sure you understand how it works, how to get the most and benefits that you can from it. And we'll we'll touch on a number of important things here today. Yeah, we have seven kind of key updates to share with you. Let's start with cost of living adjustment, the 2024 COLA. I know it was much higher last year coming off uh, high inflation. They, they you know, usually keep up with that. It was over 8%, I think. So what are we looking at this year for 2024? Yeah, you're right. It was over 8% in, in uh, last year. And this year, it's gone up at 3.2%. So not nearly as high, but uh, hey, we'll take it. Absolutely. You know, here's the thing. In October of every year, the Social Security Administration announces a bunch of numbers. And it's determined by the rate of inflation over the last 12 months. And the most eagerly awaited number is that cost of living adjustment or the amount by which Social Security checks will then be raised. Um, Another number is the new earnings test threshold, and we'll get to that one. And then finally, the maximum amount of earnings on which Social Security taxes are assessed. Now, again, the cost of living adjustment this year for 2024 is 3.2%. So this means if your current benefit is $800, you're getting an extra $26 per month. And the higher your benefit is, the higher your COLA is. And I talk about this you know, quite often that let's say that 
you decide to delay taking your benefit, you know, past age 62, maybe to your full retirement age, which could be 66 or some or 67 or somewhere in between there, depending on the year you were born, or maybe till age 70, that if you delay taking that benefit, and then when you get those cost of living adjustments, that when you get that, let's say 3.2%, that percentage is going to be the same for everybody. But if you delayed and now you have that higher benefit, you're getting 3.2% on that higher amount. So, you know, that could be one reason, as I always talk about, to, you know, delay taking your your benefits. Now, historically, the 3.2% doesn't seem that good compared to the 8.7% the year before. But remember that just these last couple of years, we've really experienced much higher inflation. That 8.7% was an anomaly. Uh, since 1989, the COLA has averaged about 2.6% a year. Okay. And kind of going forward, the, the Social Security trustees projecting uh, a 2.4% uh, uh, COLA. So, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of what, uh, what plays out here. But typically, I'll, I'll tell you, when, I, when I'm doing planning, we're looking at about a 2 maybe 2.5% COLA uh, projection on Social Security. Yeah, that's really interesting because I guess we're kind of getting used to having that, that higher bump, and it's nice, but it's easy to forget that you know, there wasn't that much of a bump even for a lot of uh, the 2010s and into 2020. We didn't see a lot of that bump. So kind of curious. It's interesting to just kind of keep that perspective on kind of where we are. So 3.2 still a nice bump compared to, to most years. Yeah, there were some years there, like you said, like in the 2000 in teens where there were some 0% years. Hmm. And a lot of times people started thinking, well, maybe, you know, we're not going to be getting cost of living adjustments from Social Security because the thought is, is that uh, it's underfunded, which it is. But really what it had to do with is we weren't experiencing inflation like we have been in the last couple of years. Yeah, so true. So some good perspective on kind of what to expect, but 3.2% is the cost of living adjustment for 2024. All right, uh, let's go to the earnings test now. So a kind of a quick, quick explanation, I guess, of what that is, Ron, and then I guess what has changed for, for this year. Yeah, so first off, the, the, the earnings test has to do with if you're planning to work and you haven't yet reached your full retirement age and you want to turn on your Social Security benefits, then either all or some of your benefits will get withheld. So in 2024, what's changed is those threshold numbers. So they've increased a little bit. So this is one of the, uh, the, the nice increases that we've gotten because of inflation. And now this year, let's say you're 62 and you want to still continue to work, you can make up to $22,320, which is up from $21,240 last year. So it went up a pretty good percentage there. So you can make up to 22320 and they will not withhold any of your benefits. But if you make more than that, they'll withhold a dollar for every $2 above that limit. And in the year of your full retirement age, but before the actual month of your birthday, they will um, still withhold perhaps, but the rules are a lot more lenient. So you can make up to $59,520. And they'll only withhold a dollar for every $3 above that limit. Now, it's important to know that once you actually reach your full retirement age, if you had any benefits withheld, they will adjust your your uh, benefit going forward that you're receiving with a positive adjustment. But, you know, here's the thing, and I, and I say this so often, is that if you're still planning to work, 
you know, for a lot of people, it's probably not going to make sense to take Social Security prior to your full retirement age. Are there exceptions? Absolutely. And it depends on what your income is and your other other sources of, of income other than from working as well that'll just kind of come into play within your overall plan. But for most people, it, it doesn't make sense to take your Social Security uh, prior to full retirement age if you're still planning to work, especially if you're not needing that money for income. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't know, are, are most people that you talk with, Ryan, aware of these thresholds? I mean, because that's a pretty low number, especially if you're someone that, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot with, with where kind of rates are now and, and even where, you know, pay is in a lot of places. It doesn't take a lot to get to that $22,000 threshold. It doesn't. And and that's why I say for, for most people, it's, it's probably not going to make much much sense to do that. I mean, certainly if you're in a situation where you're making under, let's say, 22000 320000 in 2024, and you need that additional income from Social Security, that's going to make sense. But, you know, if you're making $100,000 a year, then all your benefits would be withheld anyway. So it wouldn't make any sense in that case. Okay. Talking about what's new in 2024 with Social Security. Of course, if you have questions, please follow up 714-462-9155 or log on KravitzFinancial.com. Now, when we talk Social Security, of course, it's important to point out taxes, Ryan. So what are taxes looking like? What's what's changed here for the new year? Yeah, on the one hand, it's nice when we have inflation because we have the, the cost of living adjustments. We have the, the changes with the earnings test. Those benefit or the uh, limit gets adjusted upwards. What's not nice is, for example, the payroll tax limit. So last year it was 160200 This year it's $168,600. So the way this works is that let's say that you make $200,000 in income. You would have to pay uh, taxes, uh, Social Security taxes, on up to $168,600 of income this year, whereas the year before it was $160,200. So that's more that you're having to pay tax on. And the amount that you're paying is 6.2% for Social Security. And if you're self-employed, you're paying both ends of that. So you're paying 12.4% in that case. Now, the Medicare tax didn't change. The the employee's portion is 1.45% on all earnings and, and you know with self-employed again you're paying both ends of that so it's 2.9%. So those amounts the 6.2% and the 1.45% for Medicare those haven't changed. It's just that you have to pay taxes on a higher amount now this year. Now, if you're making less than those limits then it's not going to affect you, but certainly if you're making you know, at those limits or above, um, it will. You're paying a little bit more for social security and Medicare. All right. So good to know about taxes, of course. Always important to factor that into your planning as well. Um, what about the taxation of your Social Security benefits, Ryan? Yeah. So here's a, here's an interesting one because a lot of the thresholds get adjusted upwards when there's inflation. But one that did not get adjusted upwards and hasn't gotten adjusted really since the 80s. That's when they they put in these uh, initial benefit thresholds for uh, the taxation of of Social Securities. And in the 80s, they made it so that up to 50% of your Social Security benefits could be taxable. And then 
in the 90s, they made it so that up to 85% of your Social Security benefits could be taxable. And the reason that this is not a good thing, that this is not getting adjusted, is that more and more people are having to pay taxes on their Social Security just because of with normal inflation and cost of living, people's incomes are higher. And so if you're needing to withdraw more money from, let's say, your IRA or your 401k in retirement and you have Social Security, well, now when you do the calculation for Social Security and there's a whole provisional income formula which helps determine how much of your Social Security is subject to tax, well, now more people, again, are having to, to pay taxes on their Social Security. And this is why it can be so wise to do some real careful strategic planning and you know think about when you're going to withdraw money from which income sources in retirement. You know, I talk a lot about having tax-free income available to you, such as like from a Roth IRA, because if you can blend your withdrawals in retirement between taking some money perhaps from an IRA, some from a Roth IRA, and then taking Social Security, you may be able to strategically stay within certain tax brackets to minimize the taxes you have to pay in retirement, which could potentially increase the amount that you get to live on. You know, it's interesting as you go through this, it's just, it's a reminder that Social Security is not just a, hey, let's turn it on and start collecting our benefits, right? There's a lot of planning that goes into it, and you want to have those conversations before you make any decisions, and just a good example of that. Absolutely. Really do. All right, Ryan, let's talk Medicare a little bit. Uh, Premiums, I know all eyes on what premiums will do, so what should people expect this year? Yeah, so for Medicare Part B, the new monthly premium is 174.70 for most people. So this is up from 164.90 last year. And the reason that I say for most people is that if your income is above certain thresholds, then you'll have to pay an additional amount. This is the Irma surcharge. This year, if you're single and your Maggie's above 103,000, you'll have to pay more for that IRMA surcharge. And if you're married, if your income's above, if your Maggie is above 206,000, then you'll have to pay more as well. All right, so good to know, Ryan, about the Medicare premiums. Uh, Let's look ahead at Social Security. I know a lot of the the conversation in in recent years, and rightfully so, it's been about, hey, what's the future of Social Security look like? Will there be uh, money still left around when it's my time to claim my benefits? So, Kind of update us on where we stand in terms of just how strong and and, and steady this is. Look, there's no doubt Social Security is definitely underfunded. But let's look at the facts. So at the end of 2022, there was about $2.8 trillion in the trust fund. Now, in 2023, you look at the income and expenditures, about $22 billion more was spent than was brought in. So the trust fund started to deplete a little bit. And what's happening is the trust fund is being depleted. And the latest projections, and each year they release the Social Security Trustees Report. And the most recent report, what it's showing is that in 2034, they're only going to be able to pay 80 cents on the dollar. So in other words, they're saying that in 2034, the trust fund's going to be depleted, and they'll only be able to, to pay out $0.80 cents on the dollar at that time. So 
you look at that, and that's a 20% reduction. Now, I highly doubt it's, it's, it's very unlikely that from one year to the next that they would just cut benefits by 20% all at one time. Yeah. Much more than likely, what's going to finally end up happening, and, and they keep kicking the can down the curb on this. And when I say they, I'm talking about our friends in Congress. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter if you know, we're talking Democrat, Republican, it's both sides. It's hugely unpopular to have to you know, make changes to these types of programs. No politician wants to get on the nightly news and be the one that <laughs> you know, they're the ones want to make these changes. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, something's going to have to happen. And, and what they end up doing is really anybody's guess. You know, a couple of the, the more popular uh, proposals that are out there recently are that they could increase the uh, payroll tax limit even more. And we talked about what that increase is for this year. But they could increase that even more so, even beyond what we would expect for normal inflation. Another one that I think that is very likely to happen is that they will raise the retire or the full retirement age. I highly doubt they'll do that for anybody that is close to receiving Social Security. Uh, but certainly for younger folks, I believe that. And the reason I do is because they've already done it in the past. Mm-hmm. So we've already seen that, you know, raising it from 66 now up to, you know, 67, for instance, for those folks that are born in 1960 or later. So, again, who knows what they'll end up doing, but it's it's a hugely popular program. And eventually here, I highly believe our friends there in Congress will get together and do something to shore up the system long term. Yeah, uh, I know. I know we're both similar ages, Ryan. So hopefully they do get it shored up for our sakes when we comes time for us to declaim that. But I know a lot of people have concerns about it and definitely something to watch. And I know that you'll keep people updated on that as it happens. So do you think uh, they'll address anything this year? I don't. You know, one thing to just kind of watch out for is the uh, the Social Security 2100 Act, which was introduced by uh, John Larson. He's a, a Democrat out of, out of Connecticut. It could come to a vote this year. And, you know, if it does, it, it, you know, it would restore full solvency, solvency uh, without affecting benefits for current retirees. But, you know, we'll just have to kind of you know, wait and see and, and see what happens here. Hope for the best, right? That's the plan of attack. Uh, so, again, if you have questions as we go through this, 714-462-9155. Uh, claiming strategies, I know, kind of a good thing to to address as we kind of come to a conclusion here. But as people uh, approach Social Security age and whether you're in that age right now and you have the option to claim, wherever you stand, Ryan, what are some some updates on strategies heading into this year? Yeah, so you know, one thing I should mention here because th- this is still being talked about. I know some people have have still heard about a strategy that was called the, the file and suspend. And to kind of refresh on what that is or was, I mean that that's the one where a high earning uh, spouse goes ahead and files for their benefits, and then they immediately suspend them. And because uh, he's now going to, let's just say it's uh, he, the husband, because he's now opened his record, the lower earning spouse, let's say the wife at that point, can go ahead and claim a spousal benefit. Now, what happened back in uh, 2015 is that the Budget Act was passed, and this allowed certain spousal claiming strategies, and this file and suspend was one of them. 
Now, the last day to file and suspend was April 29th of 2016. And unless you had placed your suspension before April 29th, 2016, your spouse will, will not be able to claim a spousal benefit this way. So for those of you who did not suspend before the deadline, and, and honestly, that's the only reason I even bring this up anymore, is that it is mostly a, a question of making sure your spouse takes their spousal benefit at the optimal time, if they haven't already. Other than that, it's basically a question of just sitting back and, and waiting because your benefit will automatically resume at age 70. All right. Very good to know on that front. What else? Anything else you want to add to that? Well, you know, the other strategy, you know, claim now, claim more later, um, it was good while it lasted. It used to be possible to claim a spousal benefit while your own benefit was building delayed credits to age 70. But Congress abolished this strategy back in November of 2015. But people born before 1954 were grandfathered. Now, all those people have now turned 70 and are taking their own benefits. So there's no one left to implement the claim now, claim more later, later strategy. We only mention it now because people are still talking about it. Uh, but the rule now is that you cannot take a spousal benefit if your own benefit is higher. All right. Very good to know on that front. Again, a lot of conversations to be had with a financial advisor to make sure you're going through that and and having these these talks and discussions. If you are, what's the best claiming strategy for you? Uh, Ryan, any other final thoughts to, to kind of wrap up this conversation? I know there's not a ton of huge news, but still a lot of smaller takeaways and updates and things to be aware of for this year, which I know you'll discuss with clients. Yeah, I guess, you know, one other thing to mention is, you know, although some of the, the spousal loopholes have closed, it, it's still possible for a lower earning spouse to receive 50% of the higher earning spouse's PIA, that, that's the primary insurance amount, if the lower earning spouse's own benefit is lower. Now, it's important to note that if the, the lower earning spouse is claiming the spousal benefit before their full retirement age, that the spousal benefit will be less than 50%. Also, the other spouse must be taking their own benefit. And, and if the higher earning spouse's benefit includes delayed credits because, you know, let's say he claimed after full retirement age, well, the spousal benefit will not include those delayed credits. Okay. Good to know on that front as well. So, a lot of a lot of things to be aware of with Social Security. It's uh, such an important benefit for retirees, and you want to make sure you're getting the most out of it since you've been paying into it for your working career. You want to make sure you're as efficient as possible and get the most out of your benefits as well. Anything else, Ryan, to, to close out with before we wrap up today's episode? That's pretty much everything, okay. I think. All right. Well, if you have questions for Ryan, of course, He's happy to answer those. All you have to do is call 714-462-9155. If you want to figure out what Social Security claiming strategy is best for you or have any other questions about updates for 2024, and make sure you check out our last episode, too, to kind of get a bigger uh, picture on what's different for retirees and for retirement planning in 2024. So a lot of good content to start the year. Ryan, we appreciate your time, as always, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. 
Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions and BCM are independent of each other. Ryan Kravitz and Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.